Welcome to the Black Queens on Stage podcast, presented by Black Literature and Art Queens Network, where we bring our queens to the stage. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Warning, this episode mentions rape, sexual assault, and drug abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the podcast where we honor and acknowledge Black women performers and discuss racial issues within Michigan performing venues. I'm Ashley M. Lyle, and today I'm joined by a fellow extremely talented actor in the Michigan theater community, Crystal Delahue. Hi, Crystal. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on, Ashley. I'm truly honored. Oh, th- this is an honor for me because, I mean, we we haven't really gotten the chance to really sit down and talk. I mean, we're Facebook friends, but... Right. <laughs> so that means we're real friends, right? No, but um, exactly. that's true. That's true. We, we've seen each other in, you know, at auditions or at a show, but it's been really quick. So I'm glad to be on your show. I'm glad you're here, too. So let's get started. All right. So describe to me your style of acting. Like while I'm on stage, how I prep, um, where, <laughs> how far do you want me to go with it? As far as you feel like you need to. Okay. So I'll just begin. I really started acting only six years ago in the fall of 2014. Before that, I was in corporate America. And I really, I went to school for film and production and I wanted to get back into it. I just didn't know how. So I thought I'd take an acting class to kind of meet people. So I took this acting class in Ann Arbor. And then from there, it kind of snowballed into me being in their plays and then transitioning into other theaters and auditions. So I learned different techniques to acting. But what my favorite was, to be honest, is I took the actor's boot camp at Popa Rose, I believe in the, what was that, the summer of 2015? And Guy basically taught us how to physicalize everything. So if I have a character that is unlike me, which happens a lot of times, I kind of try to find out how they walk, how they uh, sit how they walk into a room, those type of things. So outside in, and then from there, the character develops over time. And then I start to see their world and just live in their world for that period of time. In the beginning, I was an inside out person. Like, oh, how do they feel and things like that. That's how I was initially trained. But the outside in, I felt like going further into the career, it it served me better. So what was the um the original place that you went to 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 study and then you were were in their shows out in Ann Arbor? It was yep, it was Redbud Productions and I was there. I started in the fall of 2014 and then they cast me in their um in their show called Assistant Living in the spring of 25th. Well, they asked me in the spring of 2015 and then it got put on, I believe in 2016, if my dates are correct. So yeah, that's where it all started. And, um, they're, they're, they teach the Meisner method. So it's all about prep, emotional prep and things like that. Very much inside out, which was good as well. But later on, just the, the physicalizing these characters, it really just, I think took me to another level. And then that's when I think I started to do 
not better work, I don't want to say that, but just starting to really be the character instead of acting it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking, speaking of being in the moment, how do you be in the moment? Like, how do you prep for each rehearsal or performance? How does each preparation different between, uh, differ between the two? A uh, very good question. It really depends for me who, mm, oh man, that's a really good question. It, it always varies, as you know, as an actor, mm-hmm. it depends on who's around you. It depends on who you're in the scene with. If you have a really good scene partner, you both trust each other. It's very easy to be present. Just be in that moment. If it's contentious, if it's a fun moment or conflict moment, it's very easy to tap in. Now, when you have someone that is not very open to it, their guard is up. They don't want to let you in. It's a little bit harder. So those preps are harder for me because Mm -hmm. I have to do more work beforehand. So I'll probably start prepping like an hour before, like as soon as I get to the theater, because I know that person is not ready to go there or they're guarded or something like that, or I have to just work that much harder. But when it's easy, it's so awesome. And I love those people. Thank you to those people. (laughs) But yeah, so it, it really just changes. If it's a a really physical character, like one time I played a young mother that was addicted to meth, those preps were very hard because I had never even smoked a cigarette before. So those preps took me a while. I really had to kind of isolate myself right before going on stage just to get into that moment. And then the show starts off with her like tweaking out and things like that in front of everybody. So just to start on 10, those preps were very hard to do. And then at the end of the run, I kind of mastered it and was able to shake it faster. But in the beginning, it took me like 10 minutes to actually get into that place. Mm-hmm. But now I think, well, I'm rusty now, but. Um, <laughs> Girl, um, me too. Right. This, this entire time, I am so rusty. I Girl, I'm mm, like, what is going to happen when I, when I get cast next time? I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to get back in touch with my mentor and just yes. re-go through all of the six years that I studied with him. I agree. I agree, girl. It's going to be a struggle for all of us going to be like, so how do we, wait, how how do we get there again? Okay. Let me sit in the corner and figure this out. (laughs) But yes, when, when, when it's not that type of, I guess, deep of a emotional roller coaster and you got to really physicalize everything, the prep is much harder. But when it's something like when I did doubt, that prep, I just kind of tried to put myself into a mother trying to just, I know why they called me. I want to save my son from getting um, expelled from this school or he has to stay in school, period. That's what it is. That is the objective. And of course, my scene partner made it so much easier because she was wonderful. That's, it's really great when when you have a really great scene partner. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely relate to the struggle that you had with with this, with your meth addicted character. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I completely relate to that. Yeah. As far as dealing with a difficult character. Uh Um, When Uh I did my, my first professional show was at the matrix when I did who will sing for Lena. Ah, I was supposed to see that show. Oh, I regret (laughs) not seeing that. 
honestly, if you ask Dan, Dan says that I did a great job. Dan Uh says that. (laughs) Dan Johnson. (laughs) Um, But I I struggled immensely with that Mm. show because it was a one woman show. And like, like I said, again, it was a professional show. So it was on a completely different level from where I was coming from, which was community theater. Right. You know, community theater, you don't, you, for one, you don't do solo shows in community theater. Right. Because it's always ensemble driven. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but with community theaters, depending on who the community theater is, I would say like nine times out of 10 community theaters are always doing the happy-go-lucky type shows or really strongly emotional group ensemble type shows like Next to North. But you never do a solo show. No one ever does a solo show at a community theater. So I was just finishing up uh, being part of the ensemble in uh, Sister Act at a a theater. And I was going right into who will sing for Lena. Now that was totally different. (laughs) So different. So different. Wow. You know, all in all, it was a, it was a happy go lucky type show. Mm -hmm. And then going right into who will sing for Lena, where I had to portray a woman who was electrocuted. Who was, well, let, let me, let me rephrase that. She was sentenced to death by electrocution because she killed her white rapist. Wow. Whew. So I was not okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because yeah. that in itself is, I respect you so much for even doing that show, because I remember, I think Emilio had reached out to me like, hey, just so you know, this audition's going on. And the moment I saw a one-woman show, I was like, nope, not going there. <laughs> um, so <laughs> hats off to you for just showing up. <laughs> and then to book it and then have the courage to tell this woman's story for how long was the run? Oof, for five weeks. Five weeks you told this traumatic story. And then you, I assume you die at the end? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, I sat in the electric chair. Yeah. I got electrocuted. Oh. And I had to sit there for a minute and let the audience see me sit there. Actually, hats off to you, girl. And I didn't know you then, but I I knew when, you know, I saw the the, uh, post go up, like, we've casted her. And I was like, hats off to this woman. I don't know who she is, but she's about to do this for how many weeks? Hats off to her. And I knew I was supposed to go. I forgot what happened. I didn't make it. But when I finally met you, I was just like, I was just still in awe. Like, you really, you did this. That is not easy. I struggled. I struggled so hard because not only was I doing that show and I was staying, you know, going through the rehearsals, uh, Cassandra Cassandra Freeman, who is Mm -hmm. fantastic. She was so patient with me. She's on my bucket list to be directed by. Definitely. (laughs) She was so patient with me and I didn't deserve it. Yes, you did. But, but but I also had a full-time job at the time. That right. Was running me ragged, you know? Wow. But I did it. You know, honestly, if I had the opportunity again, I would definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that that I would do a whole hell of a lot differently with it. Right. Because right. now I'm, it, that show is three years old to me now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've done some other stuff. Right. You know, you know so, yourself better, I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, it, especially with um, 
memorizing my lines because I had to memorize 18 pages for that show. Oh my God. And there is no one you can lean on to be like, nope. So can you cue me? Like, you know, I I know in general where we are in the script, but can you just cue me? Give me, you know, is right. That's what I'm saying. Like you didn't have a partner on that stage to cue you to it's all on you. Nothing. That is something to do. Hats off to you, girl. So <laughs> let me ask you. I know you're interviewing me, but I want to no, ask you. No, that's fine. I love it when my guests ask me questions. That's great. Yes. I love it. <laughs> because I always want to know this from people. I've never died in a in a show. Mm. So I always want to ask people, do you play for the end? Or do you just take it moment by moment? You know, because you know what's going to happen, but the audience don't. So how, and then if you don't, how do you trick your brain to say, I know what's going to happen, but I can't let the audience know what's going to happen. I mean, that's mm. with the way that who will sing for Lena was, was written Mm -hmm. the way that it was, it it was written. It, it was leading up to that. Mm -hmm. It it got to, it was definitely okay. So the play itself was segmented. You could tell when it, when things drastically changed, you had the beginning where she was carefree. She was with her friends and her family and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Along with being with her friends and family, she developed her own little family, had three kids. Then it, it then we get to the second segment where she has to work for this racist white man who has a uh, mill shop. Okay. And she goes through this tumultuous time where she she everything that she was doing he would just belittle the absolute hell out of her Mm. and it was terrible all Mm -hmm. the way up to the point where he rapes her mercilessly and then it gets to the part where he kidnaps her holds her hostage Mm -hmm. and she just does she's you know not going to take it anymore wow and I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to reword this so that way I'm not giving too much away. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. But right. and then in the last section, it, it lets you know she's put up for trial. Uh huh. She doesn't win because it's the 1940s. It's yep. the South. She's mm-hmm. black and she's poor. Mm-hmm. She's got all the odds against her. Of course. And that jury is like, nope. The jury was nothing but white men. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So they sentence wow. her. And then the way that Cassandra had me had staged it was where you would see the different stages of me going through everything leading up to my execution. So the audience knew that it was coming. They knew it was coming, but they were just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, so they're trying to, as they're listening to what I'm saying, they're trying to mentally prepare for the fuckery that's about to happen to Yeah. And they're just still, they're just still never prepared. Mm. Like I said, Um, you can ask Dan Johnson. He said that I did great, but I, I will contest that every single time there was never a dry eye in the audience. Of course not. How could you, you would have to be a stone cold, like just evil cold person to sit through something like that and not feel anything. A follow-up for you. How did that affect your mental health over a span of, cause like you said, it's four week run and, but you had rehearsals. Yeah. So you had to do that for probably what, two months of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. What was that I, like on your mental health? I listen, like I said, <laughs> I was not okay. 
I was I not okay. Dealing with, dealing with the stress of work mm-hmm. and then coming to the, coming to the play, happy that I'm doing work, but then also at the same time, I'm doing this uh, really strenuous work. And Cassandra told me from the very beginning, she said, this is going to be extremely hard. Yep. You are not going to be okay. So I suggest that you find ways to, yeah. you know, center yourself, bring you back to normalcy. And do you know mm-hmm. what I did after what? every rehearsal? <laughs> After every show, I listened to the SpongeBob musical soundtrack mm, nice. every single time. Are you are you familiar with the show? No. Oh my no. gosh, it's such a cute, cute show. Mm-hmm. I just love it because it's nothing but positivity, and right. every single song was positive. So I would blast that show, I blast the the soundtrack in my car mm-hmm. singing at the top of my voice <laughs> because you know I just had to practice sitting in an in an electric chair dying or Oof. I had to practice being raped right oh my gosh you know my gosh it was one point for me where um the prop master uh uh Christina Kilmar mm-hmm. she she made she she said that she was going to make this chair and so while we waited for the chair to be made, Cassandra placed one of the chairs out from the audience in the middle and said, that's your electric chair. Yeah. So we were rehearsing that final part and I got to that, got to that moment where I had to sit in that chair and I actually, I, I just stopped. I sat in the chair and I just stopped what I was doing. And I just, my eyes just completely filled up with tears. Mm-hmm. I could not stop crying. I was almost uh, hyperventilating. Wow. I was so messed up because yeah. I, 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 it, 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 it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Like that way down into the pit of my stomach and my lower back and everything. And I'm just like, this is what she went through. Right. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it, but I can't even imagine it. And right. this is really fucking scary. Right. That's and the then, thing. Like you, that was so powerful that you just said, like, that's what she went through. You're playing it. But she lived that. Like, that's, oh my goodness. I couldn't, I I couldn't imagine. And then when Christina brought in the chair, the actual chair, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm shaking thinking about it still because it was so lifelike. Right. It was like Christina, Christina Kilmar is a fantastic props maker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. And it was so real. Wow. I actually asked her, where did you, where did you pull this out of? And she said, I made this. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Mm. <laughs> wow. Cause it looked like it, it needed to be like in a museum. Wow. And then when I, when, when it actually came to that time, I hesitated, mm-hmm. I hesitated heavily because for one, this thing is here. It's here now. Yep. So you've got to, you've got to sit in it, not stand in it. You right. have to sit in that truth. And then not only that, but it also had the cuffs. Yeah. I had to put my hands in the cuffs. Right. And I had to sit there and I just started crying again. I, I just couldn't. I was yeah so messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was uh, a me- I, I was a mess, <laughs> Crystal. I was an absolute mess. <laughs> well, I remember, uh, I think it was Guy that told us at the, at the boot camp, good art will cost you something. Mm-hmm. And I think... He was absolutely correct in that. Not that it's it's just what it is. That's how you know 
you're alive. That's how you know. I think you did a great job, even though you say you you don't think so. But <laughs> that's how you know, because if you really felt that in that you were able to exude all of that to the audience and not a dry eye was in the house, each performance, job well done. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you, you know, you're okay that you got through it, but. Am I though? Am yeah. I okay? I mean. <laughs> I, I think you are right. <laughs> but in that moment, I don't think anyone would be. That's a hard thing. Right. Like you said, uh, you had to simulate a rape as well as an electrocution. No one in live theater. It's one thing on film, but in live theater to do that. No, I don't think anyone would be okay. So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's awesome. But. Though. You know, since we're talking about shows, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want to hear about you okay. in uh, your performance at Open Book Theater, um, Doubt, Doubt, correct? Doubt, yes. Because that, that's where I heard about you. Yes, Doubt, Doubt, Doubt. Oh, Doubt. I could go back in time. I mean, you know, since, since we're talking about trauma, let's talk about Doubt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Doubt. Man. <laughs> Well, first, I, I have to get a shout out to Wendy Katz-Hiller because she's the one that, fearless director that cast me. Let me just say, I never thought I would get the role because of, for one, my look. When you are, I've seen the movie and things like that. And then, you know, of course, write the script. And I was like, okay, this woman's 38 or 40. I don't look anything like that. But I'm going to go anyway. So I remember prepping for it. And I'm sorry, doing the callback. I remember mm -hmm. getting aside and I said, I wanted to be off book for this monologue. I've never done that before. Well, one other time, but that's in the past. But this was the only the second time because I really wanted the role. I just didn't think I would get it because I look, you know, young. But I was like, if they do tell me no, it's you know, that's, they just weren't looking for me, but I'm going to do my very, very, very best because I really wanted the role because it was just important to Black women. I mean, Viola Davis, mm -hmm. who's one of our greats, did the role. And then other, the woman that played it on Broadway won a Tony. It's just all these great women had done it and I just wanted to just be in that space as well. So prepped really good, memorized the monologue. I was off book for the monologue, not for the dialogue part, but I knew once I get to that monologue, it's that's it because she says some powerful stuff in that speech so yeah. I went in was nervous but I was also like all right you know I'm, I'm, I'm as prepped as I can be so I go in and I do the thing or whatever and I felt something hmm. and to this day I had never felt anything like that in an audition room it was something and it was like a silence after <laughs> it wasn't a okay thank you it was like we let that breathe for a minute. And then it was a thank you. So I was like, oh my God, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but okay, I did my thing, you know, but I knew I felt something special. So I go out and I wait and Crystal's like, all right, you can go. I was like, okay. And I got in the car and I text somebody, I forgot. And I was like, I had never felt that before. And I was like, that's what happens when you truly prep, you're truly in the moment and you just give it all you got. Mm -hmm. Then she cast me and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> and um, then the work, you know, began. Now, this was the first time a director asked all of us to be off book before first rehearsal. Mm. I had never done that before. Hmm. And I was like, okay. 
All right. So how do I do that without blocking? Because I usually remember blocking with my lines kind of, you know. Mm, Okay. And she was like, no, everybody needs to come first rehearsal. I think we had a month in between the table read and the, um, the first rehearsal. Everyone needs to come back in four weeks memorized. I'm like, okay. Okay. She said it. I'm going to do it. So I worked, 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 worked. And just like you had a full-time job. So I would study, you know, when I got off work and things like that. And the good thing was the monologue was already kind of in my head anyway, but the dialogue, the back and forth with, you know, Sister Aloysius and everything, that's Mm -hmm. what I had to go through. And it was so hard to not actually hear her. So that was a struggle. Mm -hmm. But the first rehearsal, when we got in there, I did my thing, you know, a couple times um, we slipped up the lines, but we were off book. And from that moment, I just knew I was like, oh, she's different. I was like, Wendy's different. Mm. Be- and now in hindsight, it, it made so much sense because she didn't have to worry about getting people off book. She could just right. dive right into the character, right? In- like the first day, she's like, what do you want from Sister Aloysius? Who is this woman? what you know all of this good stuff it's just right off rip because we already had the line so we could just go right into who is mrs mueller so but i will tell you one one thing i did struggle with because i don't have children i've never had to really uh fight for someone else Mm -hmm. so after a while that was i i just i felt like i wasn't giving it how wendy you know wanted me to so we we had a chat and she just told me she was like you're doing good, but I just want, you know, like a little bit more or whatever. But she, she told me, she said, you are trying, she was like, picture this, your son is um, ill and things like that. And you have to cut off his leg to save his life. And I was like, chills went through me. She was like, that's what this is. By you accepting your son to be I don't know, molested or coming on to by another, just so he can stay in school, be great and all of this. You are cutting off his leg to save his life. That is what you are doing. And from there, it just clicked. And from that rehearsal on, I had it and it was great. She got emotional a couple times, which made me feel good. Cause I'm like, that means I'm really reaching her. And she had watched us do this over weeks, you know, mm-hmm. for her to get emotional still and be like, man, you did. It was just great. But that advice was so, and I don't know if she will remember that, but that changed my whole outlook on the character. Because before that I was like, okay, I know what I want. I know what I want, but it just wasn't connecting. Cause like I said, I never had to fight for anyone else but myself. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you got to cut off his leg to save his life. It's painful, but you got to do it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that because was I, wonderful. I heard <laughs> how, how wonderful wonderful yeah. you were in that show i heard about it and so so when i when i first came across you especially another black woman in the down river area i'm just like oh mm-hmm. let me find out who she is so yeah. I, was, I was immediately excited to find yeah. out who you were and to find out how well you had did for that show it was wonderful and, and that was another thing about when i mentioned about cast as well it was you know only four of us mm-hmm. but it was something special. Everyone just worked hard, did their thing, was present in the moment. Me and, you know, Sister Aloysius, uh, well, Maggie, sorry, really. Um, <laughs> Margaret, like 
we just had something different every night. We vibed on that stage. It was just looking into each other's eyes. It was just such a magical thing. And I had never knew any of these people, Ashley. That was mm -hmm. the first time I knew anybody at Open Book. And everybody was so welcoming and just worked. And it was just a great, great experience. Mm, I, I will definitely say that um, I love it when I work for a theater and it feels like home. Yeah. I love yeah. that feeling. Yep. I, I feel that way about Open Book. I feel that way about Detroit Repertory Theater. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't get theaters like that. You, you know, don't. and especially you, you especially don't get theaters like that, that make you feel welcome as a black person or as a black woman. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Cause yes. that's, that's, that's really hard. Yes. I just, agree. It's just always, it's always either you feel like people are, are walking on a tightrope or tap mm -hmm. dancing around you mm -hmm. or they're just outright disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Or just don't understand. So if there is something in the, the script that you know as a Black person, it's like, we, you know, you're not challenging it, but you're just having a discussion about it and other people just don't understand. I think that's hurtful too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of a way to, without outing people, but I felt that before where it's, yeah. it's like, I'm trying to tell you what a black woman would do in this, because I am one in this mm -hmm. position and you don't get it. So that's, yeah. I, yeah, that's very hurtful as well. You're listening to the Black Queens on Stage podcast. Well, speaking, speaking of that in particular, let me ask you this. So as a black woman in this white dominated industry, what kind of obstacles and challenges have you faced because you're black and a woman and how do you overcome them? Well, just kind of what I just said about when we're having a discussion about character mm -hmm. and either they don't want to acknowledge that I'm a black woman because, you know, it's the I don't see color people right. or it's the, well, I, I, I don't think it's, it's like that. I don't think they mean it this way. It's like, no, Dismissive. they do. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. they do. And this is how I would respond. Or I would have a reaction to this line or something like that. I'm trying to think. So that, a little dismissive, things like that. Or a little clueless, culturally clueless mm -hmm. things. And then when it's brought up, they act like they don't understand. And it's like, you can't live, but they do. But it's like certain people, you have to, your mind isn't the only place you can live in. You have to be aware of your surroundings. I always say, read the room. Mm -hmm. You have to read the room. <laughs> We're mm -hmm. in such a, I feel like in a sensitive time, well, right now, but I'd say about three to four years ago is when I felt the tide had really changed, especially for Black people. It's like, we're no longer dealing with certain things and we're speaking up more than ever. Mm -hmm. And you have to be sensitive to that and cognizant of that and aware and also just receptive and not in a combative way, but just receive what I'm telling you Yep. and honor it. And then we can go forward, but don't be dismissive or don't be cavalier or say, oh no, that's not what, no, that is what you meant. Yep. That's actually exactly what uh, Dan and I spoke about in our uh, workshop with the theater leaders toward an anti-racist Michigan theater community. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it, I, I constantly brought it up in all of the, the workshops that we had that racism is not as overt as burning crosses or calling a black person nigger. Yes. It's not always like that. Right. Sometimes it's as quiet and as small as a gnat. Mm-hmm. Me as mm-hmm. a black person, I can see it. Yeah. It's right in front of my face and yep. it won't leave me alone. Right. But you as a white person, you're dismissing what I'm seeing, even though I can clearly see it. Yes. You know, so it's, you, you, that's one thing that needs to be believed is that when a person of color, when BIPOC people tell you that they're experiencing some type of racism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need to believe them. Yes. And to not dismiss it. Right. Or don't chalk it up to, oh, that's, that's not what we meant. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's, it's about even- what it is what was perceived yes mm-hmm. well I, I didn't mean it we didn't mean to that doesn't matter <laughs> nobody means to i feel like be evil or be well some people do but right, when right, i right. when when it's called out don't don't that should not be the first thing out of your mouth mm-hmm. it should be i'm sorry let's find a way to fix this so you mm-hmm. are comfortable so the rest of your cast is comfortable and things of that nature also i will say I haven't person. well, I won't say, well, yes, okay. I haven't personally felt this, but, because I don't think I've been cast as a stereotype. Okay. But I have seen it. Mm-hmm. Or I have been maybe directed kind of in that way, and mm-hmm. I pushed back. So I, I would say that has been an obstacle as well. But I think, honestly, with your platform and others out here, it's like Black women are more than sassy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But honestly, Ashley, mm-hmm. that hasn't been, I know we're talking about white theaters. I was honestly, I feel like, directed in that way by another Black person. Mm. And mm. that's a little heartbreaking to me because we're working to dispel all of those, mm-hmm. not perpetuate them. Exactly. So I would say just across the board, we just need to do better in that. It's okay mm-hmm. to for a Black woman, of course, to be strong and have an opinion in things. But when you put in that sassy or feisty or whatever, it's just not mm-hmm. all, we don't all live, have to live that way, talk like that. You know, we don't. Right. I'm right. from the East Side, but so what? <laughs> 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 you know, I, it, I've been taking courses with um, Zoom Zoom workshops, I should say, Zoom workshops with uh, Art Equity. Mm-hmm. If, if you haven't taken any, I, I highly recommend it. Art um, Equity? Let me write that down. Mm-hmm, ArtEquity.org. Okay. Oh my gosh, their their courses are so wonderful. I took their, their course uh, um, workshop. I keep saying course, it's workshop. I took their mm-hmm. workshop. And it was titled, literally titled, Black, Indigenous, and People of Color in Predominantly White Spaces. Okay. And it was so intuitive. I loved every bit of it because it, it, what it taught you was how to deal with, how to deal with certain issues in predominantly white spaces as a BIPOC person, how to navigate around it and different okay. things like that. I hope they bring it back up next year because I will take it, uh, take it again. Right. And I also took their course, um, 
uh, I think it was called Standing in Justice, uh, something like that. But it was it was very comprehensive, almost similar to not saying that they copied or that we copied, but the a lot of the information that they were teaching was something similar to what Dan and I were teaching in in our workshop. Okay, where we're telling you like, okay, so if you got BIPOC people standing over here saying that something is wrong, you mm-hmm. need to believe them. This yes. is how you can be a real ally mm-hmm. for, you know, BIPOC people. And then they also yes. talked about the, um, the 15 characteristics of white supremacy. And mm. that's from an article online. It's either an article online or it's a book, but it talks about these 15 characteristics and how everyone has internalized white supremacy, mm. even even BIPOC people. Wow. And you mentioning about being directed by another Black person to be this sassy Black character. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I feel like that is a level of internalized white supremacy. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> it, and I'm not, I'm not, dogging him or mm-hmm. his work but a lot of what Tyler Perry does mm-hmm. does you know wax and wane on that line of internalized uh internalized uh white supremacy right. because it's like you got you've got this Medea character and mm-hmm. it's just putting black women in a not yeah. so positive light even though exactly. he may mean well yes it's not yeah <laughs> And I get that. And he's talked about like, well, she's based off my aunt and grandma and things like that. I honor that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. My issue is the other women that he cast. Exactly. That's fine to do. If those are based on your family members, fine. When I talked to my mom about it, she was like, would you ever audition for him? And I'm like, I don't know. Because if I were, I would, we would have to have a chat because- Mm -hmm. Why does every Black woman in his films have to get dogged by a man, robbed by a man, beat by a man, sexually assaulted? It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's always, the Black woman is always struggling from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the bottom. And then it's usually no resolve either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing from him that I don't, you know, agree with. I don't mind the Medea character, but the other women around that he cast the Tarajis or he cast Gabrielle Unions and all these other women or Crystal Fox in the last one, Fall from Grace. That movie disturbed me so much. And I'm like, this woman is a fabulous actor and you have reduced her. Mm -hmm. She's already battered in Have and Have Nots, but you've also have her battered in Fall from Grace as well. It's like, it's no redemption in his movies for black women. That's my only gripe with him. Right. And I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> and then not but not only that but it's just his his men characters are aren't aren't any better yes you know because it's, yes. like, it's like you may have the the uh the low down dog dog ass men characters mm-hmm. but then you also have these meh okay kind of guy characters yeah. where they're not there, it, it, there's just nothing sub, um, substantially sticking out that's fantastic about these guys. And I'm not asking, right. saying that they need to create the magical Negro stereotype. Like, right. please, above, above all things, please don't create that magical Negro uh, stereotype character. Exactly. But it's just like, 
I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just like they're, they're not, they're very underwhelming. Right. And they're usually one note. They're one dimensional usually. Yep. yep. It's, it's, it's usually just, it's like you said, it's usually either they're just a low down dog beats women, cheats on women or whatever, or they could be a good guy, but they're kind of just okay with being, I don't want to say mediocre, but just blah. Blah, you know, I feel like it's, it's it's kind of like the the Prince Charming syndrome. Yeah, you yeah. know, just like what you were saying, that one note, like there's no yep. real shape to them. They're they're not yeah. they're not this this poly shaped character, like right. you know, like like something like how August Wilson has August Wilson has created characters. Yes, you know, yes. So it's, it's I don't know. It's because <laughs> that's what humans are. Someone. Right. I'm sure it's been other people, but they always say none of us, if you, if you just look at yourself, Mm -hmm. none of us are one note, none of us. And I didn't even realize that honestly about myself until I started taking acting classes. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, yeah, I just, I get up, I go to work and do this other stuff, whatever. And it's like, no, there is just more to crystal than just meets the eye. Who are you under all of this stuff? And I'm like, Oh my goodness, you're right. So yeah, yeah, I, I wish he would write like that but right. you know yeah. yeah so let me ask you this okay. what kind of moral support do you get for your artistic career <laughs> i get i get support i mm-hmm. am well currently single so i don't have a significant other to you know share that with but friends and family mm-hmm. but to be honest ashley i mean you you'll probably know this too it is still it's our dream so if others are not they don't still fully get it. They mm-hmm. get it. Like, okay, I come to a show. Of course, you're my friend. Of course, I'm going to support you. But I still don't think deep down, they don't get the amount of time. It's lonely. Yeah. The time spending, you know, like we're doing this right now alone, you know, working on lines alone. I'm trying to perfect how to do self-tapes. That's alone time. It's just me, you know? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, It is definitely a, a very lonely space, which is fine, but I do have support. It's just, they don't know all that I do for it. They just see it on once they see the final thing on the stage, they're like, Oh my God, that was so good. But it's like, you don't know these many hours alone I spent to get on that stage. Right. How about it's kind of like that. Yeah. How about, um, work, uh, work friends, fellow coworkers, do you get, um, support from them? Or do they just... Just a couple. Yeah, yeah, just a couple are like, hey, send me send me what you just did. Like I just did, you know, the two YouTube films and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to them and they were like, oh my gosh, me and my family loved it. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's like that, but they don't truly, because they're not in it. I always say actors... Get actors. No actors. Yes. Yep. We get yep. each other. <laughs> I always joke, like I probably need to be in a relationship with an actor because anyone outside of that, they won't get why I have to close my office door and do a recording for an hour or do this self tape for two hours or what, what have you. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've come to, you know, accept like it. I, <laughs> yeah. I, like I just had to tell my mother, I, um, cause she'll be in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. I said, Daryl, okay, so I'm going to be in an interview. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna have the TV on, keep yep. it to a minimum as much as right. you can. <laughs> or even right. if I'm doing a, a self recording, I said, okay, I'm I'm gonna be doing some recording. You're gonna yes. be hearing some noises. Yes. You're gonna be hearing some singing. So just to let you know. 
Like, what is she in there doing? Like, my, my mother, my, first of all, my mother has been knowing that I wanted to be a performer since the time I came out of the womb. Nice. You know, I was, I was dramatic then. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, um, from what she told me was that it, it took me a week to come, to come to the world, you know, so I was already dramatic then, so, uh-huh. <laughs> but she gets, she, she gets that. Cause it, and and that took me a while too, to actually explain that to her. Like, okay, I'm going to be doing some stuff. You're going to be hearing me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. So don't be alarmed. Please don't. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> And even if I am talking to myself, that's perfectly okay because yeah. I got to work some stuff out. So, yep. Sometimes you got to think it out loud and then you're like, that's what it is. Right. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so she, and, and she's used to it now, mm-hmm. you know, after I've been doing it for so long, she's used to it. Yeah. And she, she's come to, to the majority of my shows. I, and, and quite honestly, I had to prep her for who will sing for Lena. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I had to prep her for that because before I did a small um, guest appearance on a local TV show in Oakland County Uh and it was a, it was a horror show. So I didn't tell her that I was going to get killed in this. So so the murderer comes around with this knife and stabs me in my stomach and my mother just lost it. Absolutely lost it. Really? Fell on the floor. She was like, no, not my baby. No. freaking out being the drama queen that she is <laughs> so from that moment i had to make sure that i pre- that i had to prepare her i said to her okay i'm getting raped in this in this show mm-hmm. and i'm going to die in this show by electrocution yeah. so i'm just letting yeah. you know but it's not real <laughs> not real because i'm coming home every night right <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah oh, that, that's, that's great that you have um that and i get what you're saying you know, you've yeah. got the support. They yeah. still don't fully understand, but the support is yeah. there. Of course. Yeah. Like when I tell my friends, like, oh, well, when we used to have rehearsal, it's like, they'll be like, oh, okay. They make jokes like, oh, let me guess. You have rehearsal. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. But I'll be there after, you know, stuff like that. So of course, definitely support. They just don't fully, unless you're in it, you mm-hmm. will never, ever, ever get it. Now you were asking me earlier about my mental health, yes, uh, particularly during that show. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep your mental health in check and keep yourself performance ready? Ooh. Well, the first time that something affected me truly was the the methodic that I did in twenty was that sixteen, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the first time I left rehearsal and drove to Walmart and cried because I just wasn't, um, I don't know why I didn't go home and just cry. I just drove to Walmart and cried. And then I got in my car and went home and cried again and then went to sleep. But that was the first time I think I had truly felt something Mm -hmm. on that stage. Like I have felt stuff, but it's a, it's a different thing. That was the first time I was just being her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to, that was the thing. She was three-dimensional. So you you would think off-rip, she's a villain. She's a drug addict. She's a bad parent, but she truly was vulnerable. She had, you wanted the best for her. You rooted for her. At least that's what people told me the way I played her. We wanted to, we rooted for her all the show. 
And then, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end, it didn't work out too well. But being in that space for months was very hard. But, uh, you know, the support, of course, of the cast director and things like that helped me. And then also to just know this kind of to just check out. This is not me. Mm -hmm. It's not me at all. I am, I live I live a pretty good life. You know, I am not on drugs. It's not me. So kind of snapping out of it after got better going on. But those first few weeks, um, I, I did have a problem because I just, it was so intense. There was not a scene where she was not either yelling at someone high or, you know, just trying to convince someone that she is sober, but she wasn't. So it was just very, and she starts there. That was a thing. Most shows build, like mm-hmm. yours, you build to the death. She started high at the show. <laughs> so it's really hard to start on 10 to show that you're tweaking out. And then throughout the show, you kind of have to show, you know, you're um, weaning off of the drugs. So you got to show, you know, those those symptoms as well. So it was just very physically, it was very, very difficult, which affects the mind, of course. But after a while, I started to just snap out of it more and like, this is not real. You know, in the moment on stage, it's real, but you, Crystal, are not her. Snap out of it. Um, And then just leaning on, yeah, just leaning, just leaning on my cast and stuff. But that was the first time I truly felt like a real actor, I must Mm say. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I think I wouldn't have that problem if I was to play something, which I would love to. I love physicalizing. I love to physically become someone else. Hopefully in the future, I can do that. Now, I would probably have no problem snapping out because I know myself more better now because mm-hmm. I was in my 20s still during that role. So in my 30s, I know myself better now. I know what steps to take once it's the rehearsal's over, snapping out of it, just taking a minute. All right, start real, snap out. You know, things like mm-hmm. that. One show that I would really love to either be in or direct mm-hmm. is this show from Katori Hall called Saturday Night, Sunday Morning. Mm-hmm. Katori is a massive writer. I love oh, her. My I gosh. fell in love with her when I when I read um, The Mountaintop. Okay. I need to look up her stuff. Oh my gosh. If you haven't read that story. Yeah. Oh, Beautiful. I was able to purchase a book that had like four of her plays in it. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, Saturday night and Sunday morning was in it. And How did you do that? Girl, give me the hookup. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, because that's what I need to do now. Like while we're not physically out there, I mm-hmm. need to learn some stuff, you know? Listen, I have, I have tons upon tons of books, including scripts uh-huh. that I have not cracked open yet. And I'm terrible. Yeah. But this show, Saturday night, Sunday morning, is is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. script okay. about where when um, World War II is just ending, people are waiting for the boys to come back home. And I believe we are in, I know it's not Alabama, but it is in the South. And mm-hmm. we're, in, we're in a beauty shop slash boarding home. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful story. There's one character in particular that I think that you would be absolutely fantastic as. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend that you check out that story. I will. It's like five black women in it, okay. two black men. Okay. And it's beautiful. Now, I ask all of my guests this question, okay. and it's called it's called the Queen's Request. Hmm. 
Okay. So okay. I would like for you to suggest to me one or two Michigan black women artists that we should be keeping an eye out for. And it could be of any genre. It could be of uh, theater. It could be film. It could be burlesque. It could be poetry, anything. Okay. All right. I would say Morgan Brian. You probably know her. I'm not sure. I do not. She, but- <laughs> okay. She is. She played, when I did Shakespeare in Detroit's Merchant of Venice, she played my father in that. And she's so great. And she has a new book out and everything. She's just like top five actors in, in Michigan to me. And she's just mm-hmm. a great person. Her and then my really good friend, Shatira Dexter. She's a really good actor. She does film mostly. And she has a, a film out. Chocolate Kiss, and she's plays Stacy in there. She's not the lead, but she steals the movie. And these are just the facts. And um, she's fabulous. And she does. She has such a heart of gold. She's read two of my my scripts for me. She'll do anything for friends, and she's just really talented as well. So those oh, you, are wrote, my you wrote some scripts? Yeah, yeah. I wrote oh. a, a, a like a what is it like fifty five minute one. That was a couple of years ago. And then I tweaked it over time. And then I just wrote a 10 minute piece based on my sister and I visiting oh, our father's grave site this last, this past summer. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've been trying to get into the writing thing. Cause I want to have a voice, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Good for you. Those are my two. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything else that you would like to promote? Do you have a website that you want to promote or social media for people to follow? Well, I am on Facebook under Crystal Delahue, of course. Instagram oh. will. Oh, sorry. K R Y. Right. Got to spell it. K R Y S T L E. Last name Delahue. D is in dog. E L L I H U E. And Instagram, I'm on will act the number four food. And um, Twitter is my my same name on there, but and then I also have a YouTube page under my my first and last name as well. I've been trying to get more into the content creating and things like that. Mm. Trying to be like Ashley out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just slowly but surely. That's what this thing has taught me as well this year is how to adapt. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to better myself tapes so I can you know whenever we return back to some thing of normal i can get some callbacks and things of that nature so yeah well awesome i'm so glad that you joined me today i we finally got the chance to actually talk and know a little bit more about each other yes we did and i just want to thank you kudos to you for all you are doing It, it takes so much courage like i said earlier to just have this platform to call out the bs in the theater community I love it. Like I said, I am not, I am not that, but I live through you. And just thank you for just standing up for us and speaking on behalf of us and just wanting change. I truly, it's one thing to say I want change, but there is another thing to actually put the pieces together to implement change. And I, I really commend you for that, Ashley, and I love you for it. So thank Thank you again for having me and kudos to you. And I know um, you're going to just skyrocket and do your thing. Well, we're just going to end this while I'm crying. So thank you. Um, No, I'm sorry. Don't cry. I see that wasn't the intention, everybody. That wasn't the intention. (laughs) Thank you, Crystal. No, seriously. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find Black Queens On Stage podcast 
and Black Literature and Art Queens Network at blackqueensonstage.com and blaqn.org. Follow me on Instagram at blaqn show Michigan, on Facebook at blaq show Michigan, and on Twitter at blaqnmi. You can find all this info in the show notes. Please rate the show and leave a review on Apple Podcast or on Podbean to let me know what you think of the show. Thanks again. Until next time.